Eleven years ago, this church made the incredibly difficult and incredibly courageous decision to become officially open and affirming. This is a specific designation and commitment in the United Church of Christ to welcome all people, specifically including people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. This is something that the church should have been doing all along. So it's good to clarify that when we celebrate Open and Affirming Sunday, we are not celebrating how great we are. Every week I say that we're open and affirming. But once a year, we take a Sunday to renew our vow of full inclusion. This doesn't mean that straight people vow to include gay people or cisgender people vow to include transgender people. It means that each one of us renews our commitment to including everyone else, celebrating the distinctive gifts and the quirks that God has given to each of us. And that's why I picked the Three Ring Church theme for this morning. In a Three Ring Church, every act is extraordinary. And in an open and affirming church, we recognize that extraordinary is the norm. Everyone here has a gift. Everyone here brings a unique perspective. No one here should try to hide what's different about them because they're afraid of how other people will react. Our differences are what make us precious, especially in community. Renewing our commitment to this is important because what is easiest for us and what is increasingly common in our culture is for each of us to avoid and exclude those that we think are different from us. But God invites us to live without fear, without anxiety, without worry. And we do this not only through our trust in God, but through the confidence and the comfort that we have from being part of a community. This morning, as we continue through the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to hear some of Jesus' most famous words about worry. So let us listen now in the reading of Scripture for the word and the wisdom of God. From the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, or what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Now why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first 
for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. Technical difficulties. For tomorrow will take care of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of God for all people. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. And now it's time for a youth moment with Miss Mary. Usually we invite the kids to come forward, but since we're a little crowded this morning, young folks, I invite you to mostly just stay in your seats, but you can stand up if you need to see a little bit better. In the 1950s, some sociologists coined the term homophily. If you know your Greek root words, you can maybe work out what this means. Homu, meaning same or together and philia, meaning friendship or affection. Homophily is the word that we use to describe the reality that humans have fewer negative associations with people that we think are like us. We feel more at ease with people that we think are the same as we are. The more similarities we perceive between ourselves and another person, the more positive assumptions we will make about that person, even if we don't know them. Homophily, love of sameness. Now this means that we also, on the flip side, have a tendency to dislike, distrust, and actually fear people that we perceive as being different. Xenophobia, fear of the stranger is the word that we use for this. And honestly, researchers cannot agree on why we do this. Is it biologically wired into us? Is it psychological? It could be sociological, but it happens very easily and very often. Unless we check ourselves, our instinctive reaction is to fear what is different, to fear who is different. And yet, one of the most common invitations in the Bible is the invitation, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. A more literal translation of what we heard this morning is, be not anxious for your life. Which sounds great, but how? Right? Well, interestingly... The antidote to worry that Jesus gives us in this text is the same one that researchers say is one of the best ways to break down biases between people. And the answer is to find a focus that's bigger than yourself. Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom and God's justice and everything else will fall into place. And researchers have found that one of the best ways to break down biases and stereotypes is for people who are different to cooperate together on a common goal. And this is why we recommit ourselves to being an open and affirming church. We know that we're all different. There are all kinds of differences in this room. There's sexual differences and age differences and political differences and racial differences and economic differences and differences as an inability and you can come up with all kinds of more. And some of these differences have been welcomed 
in the church in the past, and some of them have been discriminated against, mainly out of fear. In an open and affirming church, we recommit ourselves to focusing not on what makes us different, but on what we can accomplish together for God's kingdom. When we are focused on doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God, we will realize that we need lots of variety in this room because everyone has a different gift that they bring to the mix. Does this mean that we ignore what makes us different? No. We recognize it and we honor it. Because if your life experience is different than mine, I actually need you more than I need someone who's exactly like me. Because you have perspectives and experiences and skills that I have not had the chance to develop in my life. We are better, we are stronger, we are healthier, we are more like Jesus the more different we are. Now let's be honest, it's also harder. Having differences in the room means doing what doesn't come naturally to us in order to make it work. Some of us who are used to speaking up first and speaking up loudest might need to listen more. And some of us who have been told to sit down and shut up might need to take the risk to speak out because we need to hear what you have to say. If we really believe in extravagant welcome, it might mean giving up something that we like for the good of someone else. And this is what we continue to figure out together as God renews our community through the breath of the Holy Spirit. In an open and affirming church, in God's three-ring church, we affirm that we need everyone's gifts in order to advance the kingdom. No one is unclean. No one is unworthy of being used by God. In an open and affirming church, there are no barriers to full life and leadership and using the gifts that God has given us. But you don't have to take my word for it. On Open and Affirming Sunday, I'd like for you to hear from some among us for whom this value is especially meaningful. So I'm going to invite Chris and Anita Sparks to come and join me up here and share a little bit about what's been going on in their lives since they came to Zion. And they're going to need the microphone, the cordless mic. I'm coming apart at the seams here, friends. Yeah, thanks. And we can pull that forward so that you can see and hear well enough. Oh, yeah, hopefully it's not yeah, too okay. little, little tall for short tall. folks. All right, good. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, get the tall end of the stick. All right, you got the tall end of the stick. Yeah, the short end of the stick. <laughs> the short end of some sticks. I did. Okay, so first of all, as we get started, um, you guys, we missed your name yeah, tags, but you still have to tell us. If you were in the circus, who or what would you be? Um, I think for me, it would be a clown because I love to make people laugh. Awesome. I inherited my dad's sense of humor, and I consider it a blessing. Great. <laughs> Great. And for those of you who haven't, maybe haven't met them yet, and since we don't all have our name tags on, this is Chris, and this is Anita. So, okay, let's hear what Anita would be if she was in I the circus. Know. Yes, you do. You told me. Uh-oh. Well, I guess... If I, we went and saw the, the three the showmen, which is the start of the Ring, Barton Bailey Circus. So I guess I would be like a singer, how they did in the 
Excellent. Other than that, I don't know what I would have done. Fantastic. <laughs> Good. Well, the next thing we want to know, and I'll let you start because you've got the microphone. Tell us just a little bit about the spiritual or religious background of your childhood. <sighs> well, I was raised in a... Oh, wow. Deep breath. <laughs> yeah. I was raised in a Free Will Baptist church by a Free Will Baptist minister. Um, so, you know, being who I am, I was taught that this is wrong. So it was really, growing up in the church, it was really hard for me to, I mean, I took part in the church, me and my younger sister played all the music at dad's church, and, and so once my dad retired, I just kind of quit going to church, so, okay. so I found this church. All right, thanks. Can you guys hear well enough? Do we need to pull this a little closer, maybe? Okay. Yeah, I know. Right up in your face. I know. Um, if it if it hisses again, can you help us figure out what that is? It's wearing it a little. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, I was raised in the Catholic faith, and I wanted to stay in that tradition because that's what my family believed in, but they didn't believe in me. So once I reached the age where I wanted to find my own path, um, I did. So how did you first come to Zion, and when was that? Um, the first time we came was Christmas Eve. We had been wanting to find a church um, to give us what we needed, because we both hadn't gone to church in a really long time. And we had heard about this church being open and affirming, and we thought that was a good time to try it out. So Great. Great. Awesome. So after your first visit, what kept you coming back? Um, we wanted, you know, because we know that, like, Christmas services are different than traditional services, so we kind of wanted to come back to see what a regular service was like. But even the Christmas Eve service, we felt very welcomed. Everybody came up to us and was welcoming us and really made us feel part of something special. And we wanted, we wanted that feeling all the time. Awesome. All right. So I'd like for each of you to tell us, what does it mean for you to be part of an open and affirming church? I've talked a lot. Come on. You're going to have to talk again. So pull it right up close since you turned it down. Um, Well, it just means that I can come to church and be who I am and have a church family that loves me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And I just feel very welcome being here. I've met a lot of great people in this church. I, I look at faces. I knew two people who were sitting in this church who've gone to this church before I came to this church. But I have got to know a lot of great people and a great pastor, and I just I just love coming here to church every week. Thank you. I always joke with Anita that I say it's like coming to a family reunion every Sunday because you know we spend a good part of the service visiting and talking to one another, and it's not just. And I know a lot of this has to do with my Catholic upbringing, where you just sit in the pew and you listen, mm -hmm. you kneel, you stand, and then you go home. Mm -hmm. And I like the connection a whole lot better here. Awesome. Great. So this is, and this is where we want to kind of spend the bulk of our time, so feel free mm -hmm. to talk. Um, just tell us a little bit, what's God been doing in your life lately? Very open, very general question, but they knew I was going to ask it, so that's okay. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's been um, realizing that I'm never alone. I've had a lot of struggles over the last few months, um, a lot of things that we've both been going through together, and normally I would feel, what am I going to do, panic, 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 and I have just felt a sense of 
peace that no matter what happens, we're going to get through this together. And to me, that's everything. That's awesome. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with what she said. And it's also knowing that if I needed someone, I could probably call on anyone in this church and they would be there for us. Mm -hmm. So it, <laughs> Let's give them a hand. It's not easy to get up here. So you guys can go back to your seat. Thank you. Awesome. So in light of what we've heard this morning, usually at the end of a sermon, we do a little bit of time of reflection. And I'd like for our time of reflection this morning to be renewing our vow to our open and affirming statement. So as an act of worship, I invite you to rise in body or spirit, and together we're going to proclaim the covenant promise that's written in your bulletin and up on the screen. This is printed in our bulletin almost every week, and we're going to read it out loud together, and I invite you to read it deeply from your heart. It's also, it'll also be up here on the screen. As the people of God who gather at Zion United Church of Christ, we make a solemn covenant with one another. We will extravagantly welcome everyone who enters here. We welcome every race. We welcome every gender. We welcome every age. We welcome every expression of faith. We welcome every marital status. We welcome every sexual orientation. We welcome every political party. We welcome every body. We will not be divided by social issues. We will not judge as the world does by health, wealth, or skills. We will not allow our past to define our future. We will transcend all labels. We will always seek to affirm one another with loving hearts and open minds. We will follow in the way of Christ Jesus, loving and being loved by both God and neighbor with the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. We will love one another for exactly who we are. We promise that whoever we are and wherever we are on life's journey, we will extravagantly welcome everyone who enters here. Amen and amen. May God give us the strength and the courage to turn these statements into actions. You can be seated for a few announcements this morning.